previously on the Loyal Littles podcast. All right, Roxy, let's uh, finish up with some rapid fire. All right, Coke or Pepsi? Pepsi. <gasps> let's end Wait. there. We're ending. That's it. You, That's do, you should have seen Chuck's face oh right my God. now. We're ending right there. Eat it. Eat it. Who, All you Coke I lovers. I don't remember. All the Coke lovers. Dana Damascus, she like busted my balls about that. <laughs> uh, who else? Eat it. Back to the Loyal Littles Podcast. On the WTFC Podcast Network. Hey, Roxy. Hey, Chuck. Hey, Hey, Littles. Littles. Roxy. Chuck. Let's just dive into this. You heard the open. I was very excited. (laughs) I don't know how many more we're going to get of those, so I had to take it for what I could. We heard from Debbie Mittman, episode 67. Thought you were wasting a good rapid fire by asking a little from Alabama Coke or Pepsi. (laughs) I froze in my tracks when Tyler Brain said Pepsi. And I had to stop the pod to message you from a loyal little who went to Coca-Cola University, Emory in Atlanta. Guess this 67-year-old still can be shocked. Nice. All right. Then Eric Lonergan posted this on Twitter, I believe it was. That's what you call it, right? The Twitter? Yeah. The Twitter. The tweet? The Twitter. Okay. And I don't know. So I don't know if this is true. Okay. I don't know if he's actually tried it or picked up a bottle. Okay. But there's supposedly something. I think it's new this year. I think it's a limited edition or something limited for 2023. This could make me change my ways. So, uh, Tyler, listen up. They're releasing a marshmallow-flavored Pepsi. Ooh. Now, they've got the picture of the peep on the front. Okay. So, I guess it's like peeps. Maybe for Easter? Right, right. Yeah. yeah, of course. No, so here's the thing. I think that sounds horrible. Really? Yeah, I do. I think it sounds nice. Oh, this might get Roxy to drink Pepsi. I'll drink Pepsi. (laughs) I just usually gravitate to Coke. All right, real quick, new fun, dumb question. Ooh. So we're going to get Roxy's answer. This came from Chris Davenport, episode 65. Toothpaste on your toothbrush. Do you put the water on before? Oh, yes. Hello, I haven't finished. (laughs) Before or after you put the toothpaste on the toothbrush? Both. You do both. I okay. do both. That's what I do. Yeah. I, I was going to play a game here, like in the new newlywed game, like we should answer for each other. But you got to wet the bristles first. So you wet the bristles, whatever I just tried to say, and put then, the toothpaste on it. And then you like wet it again. Just a quick little. Little spritz. A little. I don't know what I just tried. Yeah. What sound spritz. I just tried to make. Yes. Then you brush. Right. Then okay. you brush your teeth. All right. Yeah. So you never just go dry. Then the toothpaste. Then that's the water. That's weird. <laughs> I'm not a monster. Okay, no, that, that's getting a little carried away. I don't think this is a, a that I'm not a monster situation personally. I yeah, don't, yeah, yeah. I don't, we'll this, see. We'll find out. It's a good question though, mm-hmm. Chris. I just don't think it's one of those that warrants you're a monster if you do it one way or the other. I don't we'll really. We'll find out. I mean, the only thing I could think of is if you didn't wet it at all. I mean. Like, are there, is there anyone out there that just puts the toothpaste on a dry toothbrush and just go and just have at it? <laughs> I don't think I don't think that's <laughs> a wise, to town on your teeth. I don't think that's a wise decision personally. That's just me, though. I'm just saying that's me. So. All right, Roxy, let's get into the podcast. The listeners are waiting. Yeah, uh, this finally happened. Oh, yeah, this. It, oh, this <laughs> Roxy. I had to start with this, Roxy. Roxy finally watched Die Hard. I did. Now I'm going to go out on a limb before she even gives her a review. I chuckled. Oh, hello. I, OK, OK, I, go I'm ahead, just going to say ahead. I'm going to go on a limb as soon as it was over. You know, during the credits to that great Christmas song Blech. during the credits, I actually looked at her and I said, because I looked at my watch, it was only 1030. And I said, Die Hard 2? And you didn't say no. The only reason, which we're going to get to this, mm-hmm. is you had jury duty in the morning yesterday. Yes. So, th- so this happened Sunday night when I tweeted it out. Yeah. So this happened. 
So, Roxy, the floor is yours. Okay, so I have some thoughts. The limo driver is also my favorite character. Well, um, you tweeted out your favorite I, character. Was. Yes, yes, Carl Winslow. But also, I really liked the limo driver. Okay, he but was can just we, hilarious. Can we pause there for a second? Because we got some comments about okay. your tweet. Yeah. Jamie Armada, episode 153, he said, When you're done, we can talk about how Family Matters is a sequel of what happens to <laughs> Sergeant Alp Alp. Uh Adam Benson, episode 27, tweet, wrote in saying, yes, it is why he isn't in the third one. He had already moved to Chicago. Mm-hmm. So there's that. Yeah. So, okay, so that gets the Mr. Winslow. Uh-huh. We have one more comment, but I'm going to save it. So go ahead. Yeah. I mean, I did like his coming. It's not a coming of age story. It's a, <laughs> what is it? Where he, he had this horrible thing happen to him years ago and he was never able to get over it, but he finally overcame it and shot the bad guy. So winner, winner, chicken dinner there um <laughs> but you understood the book a little bit better and yeah by honestly book, I mean a christmas there were there were things christmas. there were things in the movie that weren't in the book i think oh, like course, the limo yeah. driver wasn't in the book at That's all true. That's but true. he was brilliant yeah. yeah i okay i followed along in my brain with the book and it was good I wouldn't say it was the end all be all of action movies it's it was fine i still think he had time to put his shoes on so I'm still not over that. Really? Yeah. Because I pointed it out as soon as it happened. I said, see, there's gunfire. His wife's out there. You just go to check it out. And then he sees and he has to go but hide. But do you, though? Yes, you don't but sit there. Do you, you don't put your shoes on. I feel like there's a moment where you could be like, okay, let me see if I hear anything else while I put my shoes on. <laughs> okay, I do. Let me go check now. <laughs> or I don't. Let me go check now. Yeah. It was fine. I had some laughs. I thought it, he yeah. was kind of funny. He was kind of a quirky, kind of oddball character. But, yeah. I, you know, whatever. I, Enough he did, that you might watch part two. He did the me? job. He got the job done. And yeah. Enough, maybe? Part two? I mean, part it's deux? fine. It's better than <laughs> Silence of the Lambs. So, okay. yes, I will right. be willing to watch right. parts now two, three, question. four, and however many more there are. Really quickly, mm-hmm. is it a Christmas movie? Now you now you saw it. It takes place on Christmas yeah, Eve. Yeah, you know. You sang along with me in the credits? <laughs> sort of. Sort of. I mean, yeah, there are definitely Christmas themes throughout it you hear different songs you see you know tree to get the, destroyed the now i've got the machine gun ho 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 whatever written mm-hmm. on this on the shirt with blood so i still don't think it's, it's a no i know it's i a no. still it's a don't no. i would not choose to watch that on christmas okay i just wouldn't no okay any other time of the year fine okay. but not at christmas like in july when it came out is that what you're sure. saying right <laughs> exactly. sure okay and then real quick to put a cap on this okay. topic uh, we heard from Smitty Scoop, episode 62. He says, Roxy, you are a trooper. <laughs> no one should ever be forced to watch a movie that was released before they were born. Gone with the Wind is four hours of my life. I will never get back. <laughs> okay, that's really funny. And thank you for saying I'm a trooper because, yes, I feel like I am a trooper. But I do have to say, a lot of the movies that I that I like yes. watching way, are way, 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 way before Chuck was born. So Very true. Way, way before most of the Littles have been born. Absolutely. But thanks for playing along, Littles. We appreciated that. That was a lot of fun. All right, Roxy. Now, we briefly, we have a couple things we want to touch upon. I mentioned jury duty. Oh, Nothing yeah. Nothing really came out of that, though, right? Nothing. Well, I was, I w- uh, Littles, I have to be honest. I was hoping for a really good story. I mean, honestly. Because this was Roxy's first time. The whole day started, I walked in the door, was in line at security. I was third in line. And the person that was going through security was causing a hullabaloo. A ruckus. A ruckus. <laughs> and I was like, oh, are you serious? It's like. 
8.50 in the morning. Like, it's too early for this crap. But luckily, you know, that was that ended up working out fine. I zipped through security after that. And, yeah, I didn't get and picked. And you were just trying to stay awake all day, It was basically. literally trying to stay awake all day. But I did get over halfway through my book. Oh, good. That I'm reading, that okay. I'm trying to read by the end of the year. So I, we're on track. Excellent. Mm-hmm. All right. And Littles, I do lurk in the... Uh, Facebook groups. I'm just saying that. We know that. That's where I do my lurking. Uh-huh. So this was brought up. No mention on the TK show uh, about the Grammys. So oh. any thoughts on the Grammys real quick? Well, I didn't watch them, but I was excited to see some of the winners. Oh, yeah. Me neither. After. I didn't get to see it. Oh, I was yeah. very excited. Bonnie Raitt. Yeah. Uh, where did she come from? I didn't even know she had a new song out. Mm-hmm. So she won Song of the Year. And who did you say broke the record, right, for most ever? Oh, Beyonce. Beyonce, right. Mm-hmm. I believe so. And then uh, you said you like Lizzo, right? I love Lizzo. Yeah, she uh, and she won that for was, about damn time, right? Right. And that was the first time since Whitney Houston for, I think, album. There's all these different. There's record, album. Yeah. I just, I can't keep them straight. straight. And then in our world, more importantly, which I think might have been sort of an upset, was the cast recording of Into the Woods, the new revival mm-hmm. of Into the Woods, which is more like a concert version, mm-hmm. won Best Musical Theater yeah, album. Yeah, that's great. But it was up against Strange Loop. It was up against, there was quite a few nominees in that category, Yeah, which I was surprised. But yeah, Into the Woods took that home. So, I mean, for us, full disclosure, we didn't watch them. We didn't have time to watch them. We were busy watching Die Hard. So we don't want to say too much about them, mm-hmm. but I did hear some really great performances and things like that. So we did want to make just a quick mention. And then we also actually took a few seconds to watch the, I, I don't even know what it's called, this, the Pro Bowl activities, I guess we'll say. I was actually interested because I don't know if we mentioned this, I think we must have, that Chuck here has been refing flag football lately. Yeah. And so they did a flag football thing this yeah, year. Yeah, that was cool. Yeah, I have to say, I hope some of these teams were watching because it was really interesting. They actually ran some really good plays. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I'm looking forward to going. I'm refing again this coming Thursday night. And I'm telling you, I'm hoping there's going to be some fun plays. Because if they could just watch and learn yeah. from the groups I'm refing, mm-hmm. they could really... It could really take off. It was also nice to see these pro football players just going out and having fun. Well, I have to say, okay, but you saw the Mannings were the coaches. Peyton Manning, okay, (laughs) and I won't even mention the other one. Uh, And I will have to say, I think they missed the boat years ago. I think if they would have had like alumni, like not necessarily old timers, like they do in baseball, Mm -hmm. old timers day, but like all retired football players, if they could have gotten, I mean, how great would it have been to see Peyton throwing a football in a flag football game? Yeah. I would have loved that. And they could have been doing this for years, Uh you know, and get all the retired players to come and do a flag football game. Yeah. Even when they were doing the pro bowl game. Yeah. But it was nice to see them all like casual and having fun. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. No, it was a lot of fun. And that's all. I watched a few minor of the other things, but that Mm -hmm. was really, that was the one I really wanted to tune Mm -hmm. in for was just part of it and I guess there were a couple games I just watched the one yeah and called it a day so yeah. I wasn't that interested but um yeah. so all right wow Roxy we got that all in we're yeah. excited because we have a great meet the littles guest we're gonna get out of here don't go anywhere littles we will be right back with meet the littles this is the loyal littles podcast with Chuck and Doxy <laughs> and Keith Ammerman Keith Ammerman <laughs> Thank you. 
are being played in this episode by a band called Avenue K, and this song is called Take Me Home. Now, if you like what you hear, best place to help them out is give them a follow over on Instagram at Avenue K Music. And you can also go check them out over on Facebook. That is facebook.com backslash Avenue K Music. And as always, we will play the full song, Take Me Home, at the end of the podcast. It's now time to meet the littles and Roxy. Chuck, are you ready for a fun time? I am. This is going to be a great one. We've I'm already excited. been chatting off air, <laughs> and he's already made us laugh a ton of times. Please welcome to the podcast, Tom Mosser. Hey, Tom, how's it going? Hey, guys, great talking to you. And if you're a Pittsburgher, you would say something. It's great talking to you guys. You know, it's really cold act here <laughs> in Pittsburgh. You know, we got a really unique accent here, but yeah, it's a, it's a. I'm really psyched to talk to you guys. This is uh, super fun. We are too. Now, just for full disclosure, we actually have, I wouldn't say a large listening group base, but we once interviewed someone from Pittsburgh, Kansas. Yes. And that's actually a thing. Now, they mm-hmm. spell it differently. So I'll right. be honest, when you first said Pittsburgh, I was like, okay, which one? <laughs> and I would have never right, said that in right. a thousand years no. until this podcast. Right. So just showing some respect to Pittsburgh. Also, because we're doing this thing currently, I don't know when this is going to air, doing this thing where uh, someone wrote in about there's a third grade class out there and they're collecting Valentines and it's in Pittsburgh, Kansas. So I keep giving out that address, Pittsburgh, Kansas. Right. So it's always on my mind. It's it's a good time. I think we're the Pittsburgh with an H at the end. Right. Exactly. And the accent. Right. Yeah. Right. You know, we're Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh, Kansas. It's a flyover state. In second place. <laughs> exactly. Now, Tom, we know a lot of people already know who you are. If they don't, they're going to be like, oh, you're that guy. Uh-huh. Okay. Because if I'm right. being honest, at one point, that's what it was for me. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right. Because I had no idea. And then I was like, well, let's just let you get into it. Take it over. Introduce yourself to all the loyalists out there. Well, my name's Tom Mosser. I'm a full-time artist based in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania with an H. Uh, my studio's uh, about two miles north of the Andy Warhol Museum. In the city, Andy was born in Pittsburgh and uh, went to Carnegie Mellon, who's Carnegie Tech then, and moved to New York when he was 22. So obviously a big influence on my work. I went to college at Penn State University, Penn State. I was a fine arts major there. And uh, my only job that I ever had was an eight-year stint as the pirate parrot mascot for the Pittsburgh Pirates. So I have performed at around 712 baseball games and. I was a cheerleader at Penn State, and my parents were community theater people, so I was always around sort of performing, and the parents were super supportive in that. So I was I had a studio on the south side of Pittsburgh when I was the mascot. So I also went to Europe three times. went to England for a cricket tournament. Major League Baseball paid me to go there, and I went to Holland for a baseball tournament in Rotterdam every summer, for three summers, I think. And basically it was because I'm a pretty good dancer. And that was my main skill. But I had a job offer with the Sporting News magazine the same week as the Pirates had auditions for the Pirate Parrot. My sister, who's a casting director in Pittsburgh, it's called Nancy Mosser Casting, she said, you got to do this. you got to try for this just for the heck of it. And generally, you just do things like that to meet girls at the time. And I was cheerleading was just a way of meeting girls. I didn't think I'd get picked. 
and you know artists and actors and writers and dancers you know sometimes you wait on tables or your bartend to get by until you start hitting it i jumped around in a bird suit for living free <laughs> years right, this so. is crazy nice. so much to unpack yeah. already so let's pause <laughs> yeah it's a lot i've had a weird life but i mean it, yeah. you know as the listeners know we'll have nothing to talk about right now because they know <laughs> us so well yeah let's back up a little bit i mean Okay. FYI, listeners know I toured for the first 25 years out of college with Broadway shows, and they always ask you, like, oh, what's your favorite town? What's your favorite city? And in the non-union world, you would always play the smaller cities. Uh-huh. And people would always ask me, and my two answers were State College, Pennsylvania, and Madison, Wisconsin, because college towns. Were your favorite. Right. Yeah, they, yeah. Oh, those were my favorites. Those were always the top two on the list. And yeah, so State College, what was that? Well, you were there for four years, right? Right, and then I lived there for a couple of years after we had formed a company called Happy Valley Promotions, and I did a lot of stuff for the football program, a couple, a couple of magazines. I would do T-shirt designs for dorm floors at Penn State, but I was in a fraternity my last two years at Penn State, so I really soaked up the college experience, and I'm still, you know, it's a three-hour drive from State College in Pittsburgh, so there's a couple art galleries that I still do work for there. I have this theme where I paint with Penn State footballs or any kind of football. You can create logo designs with that. So I'll have a show like past three years, like once a year. So my parents met at Penn State. So I'm a Penn State pure blood. And it's just a great college town. I mean, the whole town feeds off the university and they call it Happy Valley for a reason. But it's also a town that's really loves theater my dorm was a few blocks away from the main theater is that eisenhower eisenhower, eisenhower i was just gonna, i was gonna yeah. ask you if it was yeah. eisenhower hall yeah i played there yeah many times. great theater great theater, great theater. Uh, so my parents did the old school musicals like south pacific pajama uh-huh. game it was then where mom would be practicing a song with using a little cassette player and so <laughs> you were always sort of here singing in the background at the house and my parents said, whatever, we don't know what you're going to do, but if you want to go into the arts, we're going to support you as best we can. So and my parents love theater people. They would have loved you. They would wow. have had you over for dinner, That's both so of great. you. My yeah. sister would, too. She loves theater people. Yeah. yeah. Well, speaking theater of your... people, I love them. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I was going to say, getting back okay, to your sorry. sister in Pittsburgh, uh, I was going to say, Roxy, you've never been there, right? I have not. She's never been to Pittsburgh. I love Pittsburgh. I've been to the... Andy Warhol Museum. It's mm-hmm. fantastic. And then, of course, we've talked numerous times about your beautiful ballpark, which is in my top five. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's, it's remarkable. I mean, the, the city, just in five years, it's remarkable to change it. The mortgage crisis that hit back in 2008 did not affect Pittsburgh. The building has just continued, like where there was old steel mills are now offices and homes and high-rise condos. And it's, uh, it's really booming. Yeah, it's, it's awesome. kind of remarkable. And forgive me if you already said this. And it's a great this. theater town, too. Just the, the great theater. Heinz Hall, Benedict Center, the Pittsburgh Public Theater, the City Theater. Oh, yeah. They're great theater all, town. Yeah. The symphony is really good. So it's a great town for, for artsy people like ourselves to visit or to live yeah. here. Yeah. Now, forgive me if you already said this, though. But what brought you from Penn State to Pittsburgh? Well, simply enough, Nancy was here. My sister lived oh, okay. here. So it was gotcha. a good bridge. And a few years later... Back in college, I used to do editorial cartoons, design work for the school newspaper for four years. I did a lot of sports-related work for the um, sports information office. I would do program covers for the football games, which was a big thrill for a college kid. They got 80,000 people at those games, and to see my little college kid program cover being purchased was super great. So within three years of living in Pittsburgh, I had a job offer, and I was going to take it to move to St. Louis to work for a magazine, which was a really prominent one back in the day, the Sporting News magazine. I was going to be an illustrator and a designer and an editorial cartoonist. But that same week, the Pittsburgh Pirates 
conducted auditions for their mascot. But anyway, it was my sister. We can talk about that, but nice. my sister. Gotcha. So I had a place to stay for a while, and then I finally got my own place within a few months. I well, started can, working on my accent. This will be interesting. <laughs> let's go in different directions for this interview, if you don't yeah. mind. Well, first of all, let's pull the curtain, just in case. There's people that don't still know who you are. You first. I don't even know who I am anymore. I don't know. <laughs> so became... We're always trying to figure that out. <laughs> yeah. Well, you became popular in the TK world for your opera rendition of the mailbag theme. Right. I think that was Which probably is... the first thing. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe not. It might be your painting. No, no, no. That was the, yeah, that was the first thing I did. So I, I would listen to the, the podcast in my studio with my golden retriever. I'm a very social guy, but you're, you know, it's very intimate when you're like by yourself listening to a podcast on a speaker. You kind of feel like you're in the room with someone. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. I think when people are there talking to you guys and listening to it, I felt like you're just with you and just having a conversation. And I would hear the jingle and the different variations that people would send in. And I had this goofy operatic thing that I do with friends just belting it out, being silly. And I belt out improvisational voicemails to my fiance, Mara, and like twice a week. And she saves them and they're crazy. So I just said, oh, why don't, I, why don't I do one? And I sat in my car, in the front seat of my car, with my golden retriever, Lucas, in the back seat. It was this cold, I think, February morning. And I just started belting it out. And I, like the third rendition, I said, oh, okay, that's cool. That works. <laughs> and I'm just laughing. And like, there are people that think there were like guys working on the building who are walking past the car, just listening to me <laughs> belt it out. And they said, Tom, what were you doing in there? I said, are you singing again? Yeah. It's like, we hear you in your studio singing. I said, I know. Sorry about that. I'm like, I'm not being weird. But so anyway, I, I sent it in and I wrote an email with it and I forgot about it. That night, Nigel writes to me via email, got this, we love it, we'll play it tomorrow. Wow. <laughs> oh Amazing. That's so so I, I, the next day when the podcast dropped, I just, I wanted to listen to the whole thing. I didn't want to just jump to the back to listen to it. I actually got a phone call and then I was doing stuff and I was working on a painting and I forgot about it. And I was just listening to the podcast kind of like fresh and it came on and it was just like two seconds where I was recalibrating what I was listening to. Oh my gosh, it's me. And they reacted to it and they loved it and laughed and then they read my email. And uh, so it was super cool. And it would come on like every couple of months. And it usually yeah. would come on again. It would come on where I wasn't expecting it. Yeah. So I would listen to it for a few seconds. Hey, that's funny. Oh, my God. Oh, shoot. That's me. Right. Yeah. So it's been a, a fun thing to do. Yeah, for sure. When we uh, interviewed, I believe it's Bill Pitcher. And I believe he's from Pennsylvania, too. Not from the Pittsburgh area, though. But uh, he says the same thing about he's the organ guy. Mm -hmm. Oh, does, yes, yes. Yeah. And he says, yeah, it comes on randomly. Every, and, uh, you know, Tim Wildsmith says the same thing, too. Yep. His stuff, you know, when his comes on, they're just random. You don't random. expect it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. It's kind of like us there, with our bumpers. Yeah, you know, there's we, no We've had people yep. running like, oh, you played my bumper today. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. We, we yep. circle back around, yep. you know. Uh-huh. Yeah. Sometimes things take a life of their own, and I would listen to, uh, there's a marching band version yes. of it. Yes, yeah, the Mizzou. Uh, Mizzou oh, marching yeah. band. Uh -huh. Yep, yep. And I've noticed after me, there's been some people from the Metropolitan Opera, I think, have done yes. renditions. Yes. Oh. They got sloppy seconds. Uh, well, I don't know. Did he do? <laughs> it's Kyle Kettleson as the guy, because we've, we've actually been privileged. We hung out with him because he was here about a month and a no half ago yeah. doing uh, the, the hours, hours here at mm -hmm. the Met. And that's actually coming back on PBS. Uh, yep. I meant to drop that in a recent episode. But anyway, most important, let's continue with you, though, sir. Now, just in case that didn't ring hey, any bells. Hey, it's about me, you know? Hey. <laughs> you guys. Well, just in case that didn't ring any bells. Now, last week. No, was I did. Last, 
last week was a big week for you. Not only because you got to hang out with Dan Byrne, and we've got some videos of that and stuff, but talk about your painting. Now, you, you mentioned your Goldie. Just talk more about that. So in like 2012, I did, I was doing a series of paintings with uh, my sister's golden retriever just got on the bed with me. Hi, hi, Henry. If you're, if you're heavy breathing or panting, it's not me, guys. Sure. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so I, I was doing a, I always had trouble like when I would do, I do all kinds of work. I do realistic stuff, abstract stuff. The work that I do for a company called Sports and the Arts, we, uh, they curate sports arenas around the country. So the work is all over the place. And Every so often, I like to do just a big, fun, abstract painting, which I recommend anybody doing. Just turn your brain off and just throw color around and take a broom and, and paint and push paint around with a broom or something. And But I I never know when to finish an abstract painting. Like, how do you know when a painting is complete? Mm. So I had the concept of do an abstract painting, but make it in a scene at an art museum or an art gallery, however you want to view it. Yeah. So if you do an abstract painting, you put a person with a view from behind looking up at the painting, you could juxtapose a lot of themes. You could do something was controversial, something cute, you know. You could depict a famous person, a famous actor looking up at a painting of a Tony Award or something like that. Uh-huh. Something sure. to, so I was a, it was a really boring January day and I thought, oh, Lucas was with me. What would you look at, man? And it was either squirrels, sticks, or tennis balls. So I set up a tripod camera about a foot off the ground, and I stood in front of him and held a treat for him, and I set a self-timer. And the idea was I wanted to get the view from behind, maybe just see the tip of his nose, and the third photo just nailed it. It was perfect. Mm. So I sketched it out. I got a lot of hits on social media. I knew I had a good idea, so I spent like eight hours over the next couple of days. I did the painting, and then I forgot about it. I had sent it to an art gallery in uh, New York for some promotion, and they posted it on their website and it went viral. Wow. And within a couple of weeks, I was getting messages and phone calls from friends in California or in Seattle saying, Tom, we just saw Lucas. You're painting Lucas on my Facebook page. What's up? So sometimes you have you got a lot of clicks and likes, but also sometimes you can monetize something. And right. my publisher said, OK, let's do 100 limited edition prints and we'll sell them for $500 a piece. But we'll donate $100 to the Animal Rescue League here in Pittsburgh for every print that we sell. And we'll go from there. And I thought we'd sell like five or six a year to like eccentric golden retriever lovers. And Mm -hmm. no, we sold out in six weeks and we cut a check for $10,000. It's called animal humane rescue now. And we made money too. And so it was a win-win and it's kind of life altering. And it was so cool because it was my dog that inspired it. So I've gone on over the years to do a series of other follow-ups, two golden retrievers at the museum, three golden retrievers. Okay. Rescue dogs in the museum, mixed breed dogs. That was actually going to be my next question because the first one I ever saw, believe it or not, was it had at least four or five. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. So when I then saw your painting, which we have to get into, you sent to Tony. And so that's how that's when I first knew about your stuff. Sadly, I'll say. (laughs) No, that's okay. I mean, but happily, happily. Well, right. But I mean, I wish I would have discovered it before. No, one of my sisters, she's always had a lab. I mean, this is perfect for her yeah but so I sent her the screenshot of the one with the five and then when I saw your painting I was like holy crap did someone rip this guy off I was like <laughs> I was angry I was like did someone think oh well why don't I just put three or four dogs right. and it'll be the same kind of painting but not really so I was just so thrilled I was glad I mean I, mm-hmm. I assumed you had seen that mm-hmm. like you would have sued the crap out of that guy or whoever it nah, was. you can copyright things but I don't encourage people to if they want to be inspired by it you know go sure. ahead yeah. oh, of course. paintings right. of it I mean it's like 
make sure this is the original version, right. you know, like Jackson Pollock just discovered a theme that uh, became iconic for him. And, and Well, but, but my and, question is, what if someone, I mean, did, had, now you had mentioned squirrel stick. Have you done those as well or just the tennis ball? The thing is, like, a, with a stick would be a very, and I've done it, like, people, I'll custom paint on a print for somebody. I've done it a couple times where they put a stick, but a stick can be dangerous for a dog, so you don't sure. want to, uh, like, a big chew on it, and they can choke on it, so yeah, it's a choking right. hazard. And squirrels, I don't want to encourage, like, chasing and killing yeah, squirrels right, or something. Right. But tennis ball was the viable thing, but ironically, my Lucas was completely indifferent to tennis balls. Right. <laughs> was, That's funny. He was a fraud. He was a chuckaball Maybe guy. a sock? A dog. I don't know. Yeah. He <laughs> chewed up a lot of socks and uh, undergarments, unfortunately, and, uh, right. and swallowed them. So, but he survived that. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. It was kind of life-changing back then. So, actually, again, it was one of those mornings I was listening to the podcast. And, unfortunately, the, the night before, Lucas passed away in March. He was in really sick with cancer. And the night before, I was walking him on Mara's uh, little front yard in, like, three inches of snow. And I said, come on, buddy. Come on. You got to tinkle. Come on. And he went limp, and I realized, oh, man, I'm not going to be taking him to a vet to put him to sleep. It's happening right now. And it was really emotional, and it was beautiful and awful at the same time. And the next morning, I was outside a building called the Energy Innovation Center. I was preparing for a show called Really Big Faces. I created 84 six-foot-tall portraits of Pittsburghers. And I was sitting in the car kind of like reliving the night before and feeling kind of melancholy. And the podcast was on. And my, my rendition of the Tony's Mailbag song came on. Oh. And it was like, I went from this melancholy feeling to hilarity because I went, ah! it was very striking. And so that inspired me to like, I got to get him a print and kind of thank him for this. And so I mounted an 18 inch by a 24 inch print and I painted the dog collars with blue and orange for the New York Mets and green oh, and white oh, for nice. Bennington University, a little bit of it. Yeah. And I wrote a, a letter with it and sent it off. And the first one got lost. And so it was listening to the podcast, and he, and he said, I'm mad at FedEx. Yeah, right. A package yeah. from Pittsburgh that was sent on December 29th, and I haven't gotten it. And he made a thing about it, and I thought, oh, man, that was mine. Oh, no. <laughs> and is he going to – did he get it? Did he get it? And he didn't. I was like, oh, my gosh, that's mine. So I reached out to Nigel. I said, I'll send you another one, but could you give me the correct address? Because the address on the website's incorrect. Right. And he gave me an address to send it to, and I – reprinted one remounted a painting did the same thing over and i shipped it to him and he got it and son of a gun he talked about it and he liked it and it was so cool yeah all right well listen let's take a quick break because i want to get more into this okay but uh we'll be right back with meet the littles we'll be right back with the littles Ah! hi this is josh cromwell from Moselle, mississippi and you're listening to the loyal little podcast on WTFC Podcast Network. Welcome back to the Loyal Littles Podcast. (laughs) This is now the Loyal Littles Podcast, the musical. The musical, right. (laughs) I mean, that's a first, Littles. That's a first. How lucky are we? We have Tom with us talking about everything, but I wanted to expound a little bit about the last little bit of what we were talking about. Your painting, obviously. Now, what was that like? Okay. So one day, I'm assuming we haven't gotten into this yet about your Tony fandom, how you became a little and all that stuff, which we'll do next. But I'm assuming you watch PTI and you just look up one day and there's your painting. What was that like? Well, yeah, I've been watching PTI for years. I mean, how long has it been on? It's Uh, it's 21 years, Mm -hmm. I believe. Right. Or no, it's 22, I think now. 23. I vaguely remember him first time I noticed him on uh, the sports reporters show that ESPN had on. 
as well. They were uh, Mike Lupica and him were big regulars on that show. Yeah, I mean, when I sent the print, it was a definite thank you for the fun of playing my song. And I really was taken by the juxtaposition of the melancholy I was feeling in my car when I, you know, Lucas had passed away and it was really emotional. You know, you're, mm-hmm. when it's happening, I like I was with my mom when she passed away. I thought of parents, what they go through when they lose a child, you know, all these literally things like they say, run through your head in the space of 10 seconds. And I was with Mara, my fiance at, at a gym and the PTI was on in the evening on the big screens at the gym. And I said, see that space behind him in his basement? <laughs> That wall, it would look great right there. And she said, yeah, I said, that would be really cool. And we got, and I forgot about it. Two days later, it was at the same gym. And I was done. We went to my, I went into the car. I got three messages from friends with screen grabs. Dude, your painting of Lucas is behind Tony Kornheiser right now. <laughs> and I was like, oh my gosh, no way, no way. And I thought, well, maybe he'll do it another day or just that one and done. I wasn't sure. And, it's, yeah. and he had it on all week. And also, I guess they rerun it, too, and it was amazing. And I started selling prints. I mean, it really, I'm super grateful because it translated into sales, and I had to jump to my website and I, you know, to talk about the Canvas versions, you know, have just like on seen on PTI, that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. And it was kind of like, it was, it was kind of life-changing. I really, I got to send him all the Lucas Coffee mugs to the whole team, but it was really surreal and just fun. Because every night at 5.30, if I was around or I'd watch it on YouTube, he'd have a different suit on and there was Lucas Aww. behind him. And, yeah. and it looked good. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it looked great. Now, if I may, we have a similar story. Nothing okay. near that. But Roxy, when we started the podcast. I had this envision. She had this envision. I bought her probably over $100 worth of yarn because she <laughs> thought she was going to be clever. And of course, she didn't realize how much I had ideas for the show. And I think maybe you thought maybe we were going to do like one every other week, maybe yeah, once a month. Yeah. I don't know. Or actually, when you did say twice a week, I thought I could handle it. Okay. So we bought this. She knit. No, not knit. I crochet. Crochet these um, monkeys. Uh, yeah. Stuffed monkey, a with, stuffed monkey with a banana. With a banana. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so anyway, so she uh, thought, oh, I'm going to do one for every guest. Every guest is going to get a monkey. Sorry, little. <laughs> so within a week and a half. So anyway, we have, you've completed like four Did you get five. your monkey yet? Did what? you get your monkey yet? I can see it. But we did send one to Bonnie Burko at PTI yeah. just before the holiday because she had one here. And so Bonnie put it up on the set. So for the last month or so, it's been like peeking up right behind Wilbon in, yeah. this, in this shot. Yeah. No so, way. So that's yeah. like our cool thing. Yeah. I mean, no one knows that's what You haven't cool. seen like a full shot of yeah. it, but you sometimes get a glance of the yellow banana. You when sometimes get by, a glance you know, the of like shots, its they, nose you know. up. Well, you know, it's going to be creepy when you see it moving around and nobody yeah. has actually yeah. touched it. They'll know that the studio is haunted. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the but that's haunted, been so much fun monkey. for us. It when really they has. Did the, when they had the two uh, football helmets yeah. and they did a, a close-up shot of those, I'm like, the monkey would look really good in between those two things. <laughs> but it didn't happen. No. That's okay. That's okay. okay. I We're see just, it. I love yeah. it. It made and me And like giggle. recently, there's been, I think, a groundhog there yeah. next to it. So it's kind of like a little off to the side. now. But it's okay. We don't care. I mean, it was just so it's much there, fun. It's awesome. Yeah. And we know it can't stay there forever. Yeah. You know? So, you know, we're just yeah, having fun with it, but I can't even I imagine. Can, oh my gosh. I could see it like if there's, he has a basketball and a football behind it and suddenly there's a monkey yeah. in between yeah. the two balls. Yeah. That would like it's so a much, monkey yeah. between two balls. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> but to have your painting, that's, that's yeah, just that's so great. Yeah, that's amazing. But yeah. also, can you think about it? Like, it's tough to make a living making pictures. It's, it's yeah. tough to try to make a living 
being a rock hat yeah. and being in theater. You're a part yeah. of the 1% of the 1% of the 1%. Yep. We are a yep. part of the 1%. And to have the opportunity to have a painting of, of mine or yours behind on this iconic, epic ESPN program is a great opportunity. And, and I'm very thankful for it. As much as it's fun and surreal, it's also a great opportunity to get this piece out. And I've done a lot of paintings, but this little painting of Lucas looking at the tennis ball is yeah. something that's near and dear to my heart. And it's also life-changing in a way. So I'm very grateful for it. And, and I'm, it led to me talking to you to find yeah. people yeah. too. So the arrow is pointing up. Yeah, sure. right. <laughs> well, we have so much more to get into. We're not going to have enough time, which is fine because we have this thing. Now, I swear it's no relation, but you know how PTI has five good minutes? Yes. We have a segment called Five Mediocre Minutes because let's face it, that's what they are. Yeah. So we'll bring you back on at some point. But one thing I wanted to All actually right. get interested in because we want to hear a little bit about what it was like because I know we have a lot of Pittsburgh listeners and a lot of Pirates fans. Mm-hmm. So we want to know what it was like to be the Parrot. But I took notes. When you just kind of rattled that off, you also said you had an interview that day for Sporting News Magazine, but your sister encouraged you to go audition for to be the Parrot. Now, what was that about? Yeah, I literally flew to St. Louis. I had an interview and I was going to take the job and I came back and the next day there was an article in the newspapers about the audition and Nancy said, you got to do this. They didn't want me to move, but I, so I just did it for a life experience. I think like 300 people auditioned wow. and the first audition, I just danced. I didn't know. I had a girlfriend at the time was a dancer, so I just used one of her pieces and just danced to show I could move. The next one, you had to do something with a costume, which I had never done before. I'm like, holy moly. The next audition was a suit and tie audition with the team president, and they offered me the job. So I, do I avoid reality of going to a dream job in St. Louis, or do I do this thing? And I really wanted to perform. I had more to explore physically. Mm-hmm. I, Because of my parents being community theater people, I really wanted to give that a shot. So Three River Stadium at the time, it had AstroTurf, so I could ride a four-wheeler on the field, uh-huh. do all kinds of tricks with it, and I did crazy stuff that I would never do without the costume on, ironically. <laughs> and they had a huge dugout that wrapped around in a U-shape. So I would bring in country dancers, I'd bring in hip-hop dancers, I'd bring in uh, Jennifer Lopez, fly girl dancers wow. from you know, back in that era. Wow. And I would go to their places and we work on the choreography. We had a minute and a half to do a dance in between a special inning. And that was great fun and to do choreography with dancers and then for three years, they went to the playoffs, and so that was uber exciting. And I would lead stadium cheers in the middle of the field. We did a We Are Pittsburgh cheer that was based on a We Are Penn State cheer that I did when I was in college. And that was epic to hear 25,000 people on one side of the stadium say We Are, and the other side of the stadium say Pittsburgh. It had never been done before and hasn't been done since. So amazing experience. And I had a little studio on the south side of Pittsburgh. That every day I went to the studio and tried to get better as an artist. Then in the evening, I would go to the game and I did, I would do parades and I had a school self-esteem program that I did for elementary school. So it was incredibly physically demanding. No, I don't know how my body survived. Right. I was going to say once in a lifetime opportunity, obviously. Now, and I don't, I'm not looking for amounts, but I'm assuming now you didn't go actually into this. So what what was the job at the sporting news magazine? Were you going to be a writer? What was this about? No, I was going to be a, I was going to design pages, which I had never done before, and an illustrator. So if they need realistic illustrations or, you know, I was going to do covers every so, so often. Wow. Do art for a the real covers. job. Like, <laughs> yeah, I was going to like be in an office. And yeah, so that was part of the reason I wanted to work. So that must that. have been but hard. No, it was going to be, it was a bizarre decision. And it worked out because my parents passed away like four years apart. Mm-hmm. I mean, four years later, five days apart. 
And so I got to be around them a lot yeah. more because yeah. they were like yeah. three hours of driving. You know, my mom would come to the games in the summer and we'd work out a little choreography mm-hmm. and she would see herself on the big scoreboard and she'd have a whole section of people. She would say, that's my son up there. Well, I was going to say, how dancer. lucky for you that you had parents that were supportive like that because most parents, I would imagine, they'd be like, are you out of your freaking mind? Yeah. No, you're going to go yeah. to St. Louis and get a real paying job and a real right. career. Yeah. Wow. And they, you know, putting that Penn State degree to great use, you know, they didn't have, they had like <laughs> liberal arts majors engineering majors and mascot majors. No, it didn't didn't work that way, but it really was a good means to the end because I had income coming in and I got paid pretty well for doing that, but I could have gotten fired at any time. It's like you know that if you did something in public and got arrested, you'd get booted off the Rockettes, you know? It's like any times you had to really maintain a positive public image or whatever. And I'm a goody two shoes. So so, well, Roxy is too. It's doxy. We're worried about. See, Tony likes to, (laughs) Tony once did a bumper for us and he said, Chuck and doxy. Right. And so doxy is my evil evil twin. twin. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. so I performed in front of 7 million people. We figured it out because wow. of over wow. the years that you've, attendance, you know, it was covered up. But they said, you didn't talk where you were in that costume. I said, oh, I talked all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Especially if the girl was cute enough, I would talk to them. Exactly. <laughs> You're like, this ain't freaking Disney World. I can talk. <laughs> so. Yeah, the parrot's it's a big Muppet. It was designed by a Sesame Street character. So it was pretty comfortable to wear. And I nice. would lighten it up so I could really dance full out with it on, which was nice. Excellent. Yeah, so it, that'll be on my two stone former pirate parrot but i'm okay i'm okay with it that was yeah, cool but i absolutely so i yeah. do a lot of sports related work so it's sort of related absolutely. now real quick i'm going to ask this question because we normally do but i think it's going to be hilarious so what's your sports fandom what's your favorite sport favorite team please say cleveland indians well, grow it. No. <laughs> yeah. could you imagine that's a thing yeah it's a thing there's like they're not pittsburgh and cleveland they, they don't play each other in baseball or not I, I went to see a game in Cleveland. They've got a great stadium. So I grew up being a Boston Celtics fan, so I still kind of hold on to that. Oh, There's no okay. NBA teams in central Pennsylvania uh-huh. to yep. root for. But that's the thing. I mean, I love the arts. I love theater. But I think it's all a way of escaping. Like when you're watching, you know, I'm a big Steeler fan, and, and the Pirates have been terrible. But when they're good, it's amazing. Yeah. Uh, whether chances in life do you get to go out with friends and hug and high five and yell and laugh yeah. and talk, then you're watching a sporting event, especially football, mm-hmm. where you have play and then you have like 40 seconds to talk. You're like, go, go, get him, get him. Ah! Then you say, so what have you been doing, lady? <laughs> Roxy, well, how's that audition? When, when's your right. next show? And right. you, oh, the dip is really good. Yeah, what did you put into it? Oh, go, go, get him, get him. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. come on. Yeah, it's really good to see you. And how is your singing voice doing? What's, when's your next? Are you performing tonight? Oh, no, go get him. So right. I look at it as a great social opportunity as well, but you also get yourself wrapped up emotionally into it. But when you work for a baseball team for eight years, you also realize it's a business. It's about selling tickets uh-huh. and logos everywhere. But when it gets to a tournament time, then the players really try hard and they want to win just for the sake of winning. It's not about money. So great experience to be around. I get full access to the whole stadium and all the players and people, the media people, everyone. So it's an experience. I still have dreams about it. (laughs) You know, know, there was one time I was riding on a four wheeler during a pause in the action and I forgot to tie the head on with the little clamps. It it popped off and it was, it literally had to bite it with my teeth to keep it from falling off. Otherwise the head would have been bouncing around on the astroturf and little kids would have seen this guy. Right. It came so close and that would have been national news. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Now, do you think you would have gotten fired for something like that? Probably not, right? I would have no, I would have got wouldn't got a fired. It was just uh it yeah, been, so uh, what it was happened just an accident. Yeah. 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 It, it wouldn't have been, been good. A, yeah. 
Yeah, it was I gotcha. The, there was one time I had a skit set up with an umpire, and I was going to come out from the center field wall with a four-wheeler, and it was an old Harlem Globetrotters thing where you had buckets of water. Yeah. One bucket of water, one with confetti, confetti yeah. and, I made, and I would throw the water on a ball boy, and then I'd have another bucket, and I threw it. was confetti. Yeah. And then, but it, part of the skit was throwing a, a wet Nerf ball to the umpire, and he was supposed to dodge it. And he, the inning before, he had made a really bad call that worked against the Pirates. And so he was, or they always distracted. And I threw it at him and hit him in the tush. No. <laughs> so they suspended me for the, the next day. The umpires were livid, but they didn't realize that we had a skip planned and the guy kind of messed up. Oh, no. So it was on the. Oh, wow. So That's... two days later, I had to think, what is going to be my grand entrance to come back in? And I thought, well, you have this center, you have this wall. It's like a prison wall. So I. Got some bed sheets. I painted black or white stripes. I made a ball and chain out of duct tape. And I waited until the fifth inning to be seen. And I climbed over the wall. And they played this dramatic music. I was escaping from prison from my suspension. It made crazy. the front page of the papers. And, and again, it was just I've, my life is I've made money strictly on creativity. Right. Through yeah, that's amazing. That eight years and then being an artist and doing and I've done magazine illustration, cartoon illustration, caricature work. You know, like I said, realistic painting. You do fine artwork that you hope will go into museums or galleries or people's living rooms. And then you do commercial work for publications, posters, magazines, whatever that might be. And it's a way of getting a check with your name on it. Yeah. So, yeah. and then you put on your black turtleneck and your beret and say, they don't understand my work. It's priceless. Right. Don't, make eye con- <laughs> don't make eye contact with Tom. Speak only when spoken to. He's exactly. very touchy. Yeah. yeah. I'm well, not quite like that, but you know. Well, Tom, we can't thank you enough for coming on to Meet the Littles. This has been fan freaking tastic. And let's uh, get into some of our fun dumb questions before we let you go. All right. What was your favorite toy growing up? Uh, Rock'em Sock'em Robots is nice. a good one. Ooh. Nice. If you were to host Saturday Night Live, who would you want to introduce as your musical guest? I would want to introduce Springsteen, would be great. Yeah. Nice. I could riff with him. Yeah. Would you rather win an Olympic medal, an Academy Award, or the Nobel Peace Prize? Or actually for you, I'll ask the Tony Award. <laughs> <laughs> well, artistically, you got to go with the Tony. But for like going to heaven, the Nobel Peace Prize. Yeah. Cool. Award. Yeah. <laughs> cool. All right. What's one movie you'll always recommend to people? You know, I love the movie Crash. I've probably watched that eight times. Okay. But the, the movie... You know, Feel the dreams makes me cry every time because it's about yeah. it's not about baseball it's about dreams you know yep. dreaming yeah. to be an artist or a rocket or mm-hmm. a, a yep. broadway performer it's a little different form of it's a wonderful life i like movies that make me laugh and make me move me yeah you know however they so nice if you could have dinner with anyone from history who would it be i i gotta have dinner with van gogh Vincent mm. Van Gogh spoke five languages. Yeah. yeah. And if he had access to medicine, is uh, forget what the condition he was diagnosed with, he would have been fine. Yeah. And he was a guy who drew in pen and ink, and he willed himself into being a painter, and he painted the same way he drew in pen and ink. Painting is just drawing with a paintbrush, mm. and I would love to talk with him and maybe bring in Warhol for a little bit. Warhol yeah. said oh, everything yeah. we... Art is all around you. I say ideas are all around you. Everything we do in life, everything is an idea. Our next sentence that we form, whether we're going to have Cheerios or Rice Krispies in the morning. So, yeah, those two dudes. Nice. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, if you could be a cartoon character for a week, who would you want to be? I would uh, Calvin and Hobbes. Calvin. Yeah. All right, Roxy, let's do some rapid fire. All right. Coke or Pepsi? Coke. Smooth or crunchy peanut butter? Smooth. 
more importantly, Uranus jokes, not funny or never not funny? Oh, you can't help but smile during a, a glorious Uranus joke. Right. <laughs> exactly. Uranus. Dude, you said Uranus. Right. All right, let's end with that, Roxy. All right, Tom, thank you so much for coming on to Meet the Littles. Now it's your turn. Plug you know everything. Hey. How can we find your stuff? Where can we go to get your stuff? Tell us everything. Before I do that, I got together with Dan Byrne last week. I know. <laughs> I know. We can talk about that later. But yeah, a little wrote to me and said, you know, Dan Burns in town in five days. I had no idea. Oh, you did? So, oh, no, I had no idea. It was because a guy named Larry, uh, who was written into the show, got a hold of me. And I, I had no idea he was in town. Literally the day that Tony promoted my website and talked about the painting being behind him. He talked with Dan Byrne on the same episode a week later after his gig, which was phenomenal at club cafe we went upstairs and we did uh, a couple of renditions of the tony's mailbag yeah he together. posted those yeah yeah, yeah it's amazing yeah. anyway yeah on twitter you can find me at tom osser design on instagram at tom osser design and if you want to get the exact same mounted or unmounted canvas print of a golden retriever at museum and find out a lot about other stuff go to my website tommosserdesign.com that's e-o-m-m-o-s-s-e-r design.com all right, and we'll make okay. sure we put all that in the show notes for you. Thank you so yeah. much for taking the time to meet the Littles. We really appreciate it. And as an homage to the big show, we'll get you out of here on this. Over or under? Over. You thought about that for a second. <laughs> this is all fresh to me, you know. I'm, I'm processing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I thought maybe this is one of the situations where maybe your fiancé likes it one way, you like it another, you know, something like that. Oh, It'd be more of a sideways thing, I think. I'm not sure. Or something upside down might be it. What is upside down? Is that over or under? Yeah, interesting. Somebody's over, somebody else is under. So that's true. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Well, Tom, thanks again for coming on to Meet the Littles. We really appreciate it. Have a great weekend, guys. (laughs) All right, all you loyal listeners. We'll be right back. Hi, this is Mike Brownell. You're listening to the Floyal Littles Podcast on the WTFC Podcast Network. Welcome back to the Loyal Littles Podcast. And thank you, Tom, for coming on to meet the Littles. Roxy, how much fun is that? I mean, that guy. (laughs) Wow. That's all I can say. That was so much fun. Yep. His life is just so fascinating. Oh, yeah. Fascinating. Mm -hmm. You know, the things he's gone through and where he is now and everything. And yeah, we've got to get one of those pictures. We can't Mm -hmm. wait. We might even try to get uh, some of his stuff as prizes for our upcoming March Madness. I don't even know what it's called. What's it called? The tournament. The tournament. The tournament. The Loyal Littles Podcast March, March Madness, Madness Bracket Challenge. challenge. That's bracket what it was. Challenge. Wow, it's That's been a year. It. It's been a year. Wow. So, so there, we're trying to get some, we're trying to step it up, I think, is with mm-hmm. the prizes this year is what mm-hmm. I'm saying. A little less mediocre. But all right, Roxy, uh, before we get to our email, let's just do a quick recap with the tiny little suggestion that we, it's just the same thing. We just wanted to give out the address again. Remember, this is probably your last chance because they should be in the mail by the end of this week at the latest. Yeah. Because next Tuesday... It snuck up on us. Valentine's Day. It's upon us. But if you uh, want to send Valentine's to the Meadowlark Elementary School, again, the contact name is Garrett Thurlow, and it is 1602 East 20th Street, and it is in Pittsburgh. That's P-I-T-T-S-B-U-R-G, Kansas, 66762. I'm sure they'd really appreciate it. I've already seen posts of mm. thank yous from already getting some from Littles. Yeah. So that's amazing. You got 
The Those littles are the third best. graders, right? These are third graders. Yeah. Yep. Yep. The littles are the best. I mean, we knew that. Yeah. But anyway. And then a quick reminder, Neville Waters, episode 196, if you don't have anything to do on Valentine's Day, he's in a show called Worst Day Ever in Washington, D.C. Now, this is important. Listen up. He gave us a discount code for the tickets, and I think that ends today. So I think that ends a week before the show. Mm-hmm. So you have to buy that. If you want to use the discount code, you have to use it by tonight, I believe. And that code is WORST23, W-O-R-S-T-2-3. Again, it's a show called Worst Date Ever. It's at the Howard Theater in D.C. I did some homework on this, Roxy. It sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah. It's basically, you know, I almost feel like it's stand-up a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I think there's five people or so, at least five, competing mm-hmm. to tell the story of their worst date ever. <laughs> So I don't know. I think it could be fun. Would That's mine it. count with a seat empty between us? Maybe. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> that was probably the worst. I don't know about your worst date ever, but it, it didn't get off to a good start. No. <laughs> What's then he went to the bathroom like five times? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Maybe that was about something else. I don't know. Dude, go before the movie. Well, maybe he was so excited about being with you. Maybe. That yeah, I did. And then I crushed his heart. (laughs) You crushed his his heart. Poor little heart. (laughs) All right, Roxy, let's get into some of the emails, shall we? Yeah. All right. We heard from Greg Sheramita, episode one fifty four. He just had a, a compliment for Chuck. And Chuck doesn't get many of that. Well, who's probably didn't know it was for me, but it's mine. <laughs> he said, love the mixed ending to episode 205 credits. The design of the Loyal Littles podcast logo. Good job. Now, we had a few of those. We had a uh, lot of fun with that. Yeah. You had a lot of fun with that. I had a lot of fun with that. And then I um, approved. So, it was great. Littles, I'm just saying, if you stick around for the credits, most often you're going to get a little treat at the end. Mm-hmm. I'll do that sometimes. I'll throw some little you things. Call them Easter eggs. Easter eggs. Yeah. All right, Roxy, what's next? Next, we heard from Caesar Amador, episode 187. Hola. Hi, Chuck and Roxy. Loved the last episode with Tyler Head, or was it Brain? Anywho, <laughs> I heard you mention that us loyal littles can send some suggestions for fun, dumb questions. Here's one. What other language besides English would you like to be able to speak? Ooh. Hope everything is going great with you guys. Keep up potting, amigos. Caesar Amador. That's a good question. That's a great question. And my apologies for not putting it at the top of the show like I did Chris Davenport's. I didn't. Yeah, no, that's great. Roxy was reading that email, so I didn't yeah. see that. So Yeah. You know, I took Spanish in high school, so I wish I could speak Spanish way better. I also wish I could speak Italian. And I always thought it's super hard language, but Gaelic would be really interesting. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Some Irish roots in there. Very interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to go out on a limb here. And I'm going to say Yiddish. Okay. Because I've kind of spoken German, Italian. Mm-hmm. I took Spanish in high school, stuff yeah. like that. And now I feel like even through the podcast, we have a lot more Jewish friends now. Yeah, we do. And stuff like that. And mm-hmm. there's a production in town here of Fiddler on the Roof all in Yiddish. Yeah. And it's always there over the holidays. And I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, I wish I could audition for that. But I have no idea. I mean, <laughs> I could probably learn. Yeah, you could learn. The words, but I wouldn't probably know what I'm saying. Yeah. But anyway, speaking of Yiddish, we have a audio message this week from one of the third wheels who didn't get on the show again. Yep. So, all right, take it away, Ritz. Hey, Chuck and Roxy, it's Ritz. I wanted to reach out to you regarding episode 204, in which Loyal Little's guest, Max Megan, mentioned how he signed off on one of his letters to the big show by writing La Chazerai instead of La Chiserie which is funny, and I'm sure something that Mr. Tony appreciated. As someone who grew up in a Yiddish-speaking home, however, I wanted to share the definition of chazerai, which means worthless things or junk, sometimes even junk food. 
As an example, my grandmother would often say to me, how could you eat that, Khazarai? I hereby nominate myself as the official Yiddish language consultant to the Loyal Littles podcast. Zygazunt, everyone. All right. So, Littles, don't forget, you can always send us in your audio messages, any form, and, yep. you know, most likely we'll play them. Yeah. You know? All right. Then we heard from Howard Stoopsy Stoops. I Do we think, think we said that right? right. I think I said that right. Just in case, episode 199. Yes. That's apparently what he'd like to go by now. Now, let me read this. Okay. Choxy, a video and a photo for News Channel 12. He sent us pictures of the beer, and he sent a video of him pouring it oh, in the yeah. glass. The La Cheeserie beer is very thick and, wow, very flavorful. You can taste the coffee and caramel. It's thick. Can't chug this. It's more of an afternoon sipper. It's got floaties. That must be the oat-based vanilla ice cream. I wish I was better at the description portion I'm real good at the consumption portion, though. <laughs> and then he says, you keep butchering my name, so just refer to me as 199. Ha, 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 Stoopsie. All right. I already sent him an apology because I feel bad. You know, I don't want to mispronounce anyone's name. I felt like that. I know Remember sometimes you call him Howie, but is does he prefer Howard? Oh, maybe. Is that what is it that is? Is that it? Stoopsie? Because I'm should, not sure either. I'm not sure. I thought you were saying it right. All right. Then we heard from Jolene, right? We yep. haven't heard from her in forever. Yeah. Jolene, Jolene where are you at? Where have ep- you been? Episode 40. Whoa. 40? I know. That long ago. Wow. Wow. Loved your stories, Tyler. Some fun jobs for sure. Our good friend had her baby baptized in the cup after Pittsburgh won. Her hubby was on the team. That's pretty awesome. Wait, wait. wait. We're going to have to <laughs> pause there for station Very identification. Very moment. <laughs> the baby was baptized in the cup? In the cup. Now, actually, she sent a picture with this. Uh-huh. I don't even know what to say about that. <laughs> I'm kind of like, ew, in a way. No. Oh, come they on. clean it. They had beer in that thing. I mean, I'm yeah, sure it wasn't the first thing that happened when they got the cup. They clean it, and then they put the baby in it, and then okay, they take the baby out, and then they clean it again. Even with a clean cup, I'm not a cleaned cup. If it was a clean cup, that'd be fine. But you see what they do to that cup <laughs> in between. That's all. I don't know. That's just, I don't know. It's a great idea. Well, and I'm wondering the, if that's the cup. It must be the if cup. If the player was on the Tyler team. Had. Oh, maybe. Yeah. Anyway, what? Well, if the player was on the team, yeah. you know, I guess there's some form of. What? He's like, guys, 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 don't, don't, don't mess with it. I'm going to yeah, use it. Yeah. Or just oh, some for, form on. of comfort level because, you know, like it's your husband who's won all the right, cup. Maybe. Or I don't know. Or a partner who's won the cup. I mean, whatever. that baby's set for, they're going to have a story for life. Oh, obviously, yeah. But, you know. All right, then we heard from Lee Gordon, episode 80. Not shocked that Chuck pronounced Greenwich as Greenwich. (laughs) (laughs) I did that on purpose. But I am surprised that Roxy didn't call him out on it. I also had a friend named Brian who got an autographed picture from Willie Mays. He signed it to Brain, (laughs) which I thought was fun because that's the opposite. Right. 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 All right, let's go back to... Greenwich, shall we? So sometimes things get cut and they're yes. left on the cutting room floor. And in, in his defense, Simon caught it right away, too. Mm-hmm. They both caught it. Yeah. They looked at me like, what are you saying? But I'm like, look, it says Greenwich, like sandwich. It's Greenwich. It's Greenwich. It's Greenwich. Okay. So what happened was we had, a, and actually we had, a, I thought, a very funny banter about we it. We did. And there, something went wrong with the audio. So I had to, well, I think Roxy was in the shower or something. I had to re-record. And when I re-recorded it, I said it wrong again. So oh, I was I like, I'm the dope. We know that. Him. Yeah. So I'm the dope. It was actually caught the first time. So I have to come clean Half on a that. Point. <laughs> have to come clean on that. We heard from Adam Jameson, episode 142, Chuck and Roxy, in regards to my Christmas lights. They aren't true Christmas trees, no ornaments, and only about three feet tall. 
yeah, some people think it's odd, and I'm good with that. Never thought about cleaning it. Now when I get home today, I will have to check the branches and see if they are dusty. Hope all is well with you two. All right, Adam. so my favorite part is, we said Adam Jameson, right? Uh-huh. 42. All right, my favorite part is that, yeah, some people think it's odd, and I'm good with that. <laughs> you you be you, Adam. You march to your own drummer. I love that. I do. I really do. And I, I yeah, I didn't realize because I saw the picture and I thought uh-huh. they were yeah, th- yeah. Anyway, Roxy and Chuck. Oh, thanks to your tip during Adam Ferrara's interview, I was able to see his show on Saturday. Oh, great! It was in a small city, Janesville, between Milwaukee and Madison, at a club that has just opened this month. Great show and a great guy. I made sure to mention that I heard about it on your show. Looking forward to your next episode, Jason Massart, episode 136. How great is that? Yeah, Littles, make sure, you know, if you attend these things because you heard about it on here, let them know. Especially, that's great because Adam, I'm sure he really appreciated Mm -hmm. that. He loves it when the Littles come up. Oh, yeah. And talks to him after the show. It's great. Yeah. Anyway. All right, Roxy, you ready? I think so. I'm going to need some oxygen for this one. Hold on to your hats. Dear Choxy, we got a reprieve. We didn't have one of these last episode. Yeah. I think. Dear Choxy, I have plenty of news to report on the saltine front. I went in cold and attempted to eat six and 60 seconds. 65 seconds later, I swallowed the last bits, but it took a solid hour to scrape the residue off my teeth. <laughs> then I listened to episode 205 and I realized I need to scrape the teeth to call it a success. So I went back on the quest. Huh. Attempt number two was better. Six were downed in 55 seconds. But the molars basically had caps on them from the leftover paste. As punishment, I left it on there for two hours. On to, <laughs> on to attempt three. I contemplated enlisting one of my kids to act as my curling brusher. You know, someone throws the stone in curling and another is cleaning, warming the ice in front. It's mm-hmm. warming the ice. I did not know that. Mm. Amazing. None of my kids were up to the task. So I went into attempt three with a new plan. No chewing. Like a rat gnawing on a metal pipe, I used my front teeth to grind the crackers and swallow as I went. No chewing. This worked, and after I finished coughing my guts out (laughs) and the tears in my eyes cleared, I saw 55 seconds on the clock. Eat it, Saliza. Okay. I concluded two things. One, I hate saltines. And two, he means B, I'm not 15 anymore. Stupidly, I told some of my people at work the story. Guess what? The cafeteria has crackers, so the challenge began anew, (laughs) this time with others. Three people cleared the minute hurdle, but the crackers were knock-off saltines and tasted kind of stale. I'm not sure this counts, but frankly, I didn't have the heart to tell any of them this. I'm just relieved no one died, honestly. (laughs) Now, new conclusion. This challenge is addicting, and only the board attempt it. This reminds me of a story I would like to share. (laughs) Oh, Roxy, I can't. I can't. All right, right, hand it over. right there. All right. My first ever job, company name withheld, was in data entry. We had an intern that was a swimmer in college. He was an eating machine. He informed us that his refuel meal was seven, yes, seven, BK broilers from Burger King. I don't think the sandwich still exists, and if I recall, they were much smaller than a Whopper. So one day, off we went to Burger King, intern plus eight others. Not only did he down the seven broilers, but with French fries. It was unbelievable. But on the way back, he started getting green in the car. The second we pulled into the office parking lot, he opened the door and coated the parking lot with hurled up BK broilers. Gross. After some debate, we decided he completed the challenge since he ate the sandwiches in the 20-minute time limit. We had no clause about him holding down for any amount of time, so we gave him the Burger King crown for his desk. That young lad went on to be a legend and eventually became a president of a company. 
Another food update. One of my coworkers eats his pizza by cutting all of the crust off of the pizza, then eating the crust with a knife and fork, then turning the silverware towards the actual pizza. I swear he is the only person I have ever seen doing this, but he insists it's a thing. His methodical nature of eating matches his OCD tendencies when it comes to working in Excel. There may be a connection. Finally, just curious if Roxy went out for a run in the single-digit temperature. If she did, I give her a ton of credit. If she didn't, it is because she didn't have the proper weather running attire. I knew that was coming. Wow, all the love episode 178 always better than a hockey segment. Okay. There is no way, even if she had the proper. Oh, yeah, I never would have gone, gone out. She would never gone out. She would have never gone out. We no. talked about it, actually. Yeah. And she was like, there's no way I'm running in this weather. I was yeah. like, okay. I think right. upper 30s will maybe be my lowest. <laughs> Who was it? I think it was Jason that said, he Whitlock, I think he said he won't go out below his age <laughs> if it drops below his age or something like that that's a good one i think that's a good standard that's too, a good so. standard all right littles as always thanks for all the emails that's all the time we have roxy tell everyone how they can get in touch with us go to our website loyallittlespod.com that's all you gotta do that's all you gotta do and don't forget if you do listen to us on itunes and apple Podcasts, please 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 give us a nice rate and review over there we really appreciate it thank you once again tom mosser for coming on to meet the littles we really appreciate all those stories that was fantastic such a good time. <laughs> and I think we got some good bumpers out of it, oh, Roxy. Yeah. So don't forget, if you need a grip for your stick. Go to stickgrip.com. If you need fog-free eyewear. Go to fogfreeeyewear.com. Ribbit, ribbit. <laughs> and don't forget, if you're going to buy a book, okay, like Hole in the Roof by Michael Granberry. That was one of the guests on the TK Show last mm-hmm. Friday. Now, I wrote a, an email to the big show about this. I don't know if they're going to read it. But that is one of another book that you can buy at Aaron'sBooks.com. And then you just use the code LLPOD in the comments when you check out. Yes. It's very important, and you'll receive 15% off. So don't be a dope. Use the code, people. Bye bye. Everything we do in life, everything is an idea.
The Loyal Littles Podcast is produced by the WTFC Podcast Network and edited by Louis B. Crocco. And the Loyal Littles Podcast logo is designed and drawn by Eric Lonergan. They don't understand my work. It's priceless. Oh, yeah.